2020 was a bit of an unexpected struggle, but 2021, at least for now, seems to be trending in the right direction. With major vaccines being approved globally, we're starting to see the world reopen to the idea of visitors from afar. One of the ways countries are trying to reintroduce tourism to their economy after the fail of a year that was 2020 is by introducing, or in some cases, reintroducing visas specifically designed for digital nomads. Now, you might be thinking, Kayla, I'm not a digital nomad. And to that, I say, you might not be yet. But maybe after today, and after this wonderful list of places that you can go with a digital nomad or remote worker visa, you might change your mind. We'll get to that soon. But first, I want to say welcome to the season two premiere of Kayla on the Road, the podcast. Kayla on the Road, the podcast is all about sharing stories about life on the road and at home as a digital nomad. Through stories, tips, and interviews, I want to inspire you to create your own travel memories by taking the overwhelm out of planning. Join me every week for a beer and a laugh as I recount some of my favorite travel stories, even the not-so-perfect ones, all while chatting logistics about planning your next or first trip abroad. Hey, you. Long time no talk. (laughs) I'm so glad that you're here for my first episode of 2021 and the first episode of season two. It's hard to believe that I took almost three months off of podcasting to recover from the year that we had last year, spend some time with family, and uh, spend a lot of time in quarantine. As some of you may know, if you are a regular listener, I went to visit my family in Manitoba over the Christmas season. Uh, We were there for almost a full two months, which meant some quarantining on the way there, some quarantining on the way back, and um, just a lot of time spent indoors. Now, I am not a winter person to begin with. I do not like the cold, and it just makes me generally sad and unhappy. And quite frankly, my mental health just doesn't do really well during these months. So I really needed that time to kind of sit and figure out what I was going to do with the podcast this year. And what I've decided is I'm going to be bringing on as many guests as possible this season to give you the best information out there about being a traveler and just traveling in general, tips and tricks for while you're on the road or some information on some places that may be on your bucket list. So I'm really excited for that. With all that said, thank you so much for tuning in for episode 23 of Kayla on the Road, the podcast. At the end of last season, I spoke with my fiance, Andrew, on the finale about what we expected for the year ahead, what we thought 2021 was going to look like as far as travel went, and uh, some of our expectations and hopes for the future. Some of our plans may have shifted even now, only three months after recording that. But one thing has stayed the same. I am still a digital nomad and Andrew is still a remote worker. So the idea that we might potentially be able to get a visa to go work somewhere else and keep our same jobs is really enticing right about now, especially when some countries are not opening their borders to regular tourism yet. Now, I've been researching these for a little while now, and every time a new one comes out, I get a little bit more excited for all the opportunities and prospects out there. As I said, I've been doing some research on these visas and what's required, how much they cost, what do you need to qualify. And one thing is for sure, you may be surprised at how easy or how many requirements you meet to actually get some of these visas. 
Before we jump into today's episode, I just want to encourage you to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already, so that you can be alerted every single time that I post a new podcast, which for 2021 is going to be every two weeks. Now, if you're new here, you probably don't know that every single time I start a podcast episode, I like to share a beverage with my friends. And I'm quite partial to craft beer, but it doesn't mean that you have to drink craft beer while listening. Quite frankly, I just really enjoy craft beer and it kind of gives me an excuse to drink in the middle of the day when I record podcasts. That doesn't mean you have to drink craft beer. You can have a tea or a water or coffee or wine or whatever it is that floats your boat. That being said, Today, I'm drinking the Crasberry Cream Ale from Big Tide Brewery in St. John, New Brunswick. I've visited them a couple times. They have a nice little spot and they have some good beer on tap all the time. We're lucky enough here in New Brunswick to have a really good craft beer scene. Uh, And so I actually have a bunch of great New Brunswick craft breweries lined up for the season. So you're going to be seeing a lot of New Brunswick beers come out. So if you are from New Brunswick or from somewhere that has some of these beers, awesome. They probably don't ship very far, but that's all I can really get my hands on for right now. So um, cheers. Well, that's nice. So this has an ABV of 5.5%, which is pretty normal, pretty standard, and an IBU at an easy drinking 18. So Super smooth, not very bitter. Um, So it's great for those people who like a fruitier beer um, with a nice creamy taste. All right, let's get to it. So in my search for the best remote work locations with visas, I came across a fairly large list. I think there was almost, uh, we're edging on 20 at this point, different visas aimed at remote workers or digital nomads. But today, I'm only going to share the ones that I think provide the best bang for your buck or are some of the easiest requirements to hit. Here are seven countries with remote work visas. Number one on my list, you may have heard this one come up. I think it was a pretty big deal when it did, but we have Bermuda. So this visa, the Work From Bermuda Digital Nomad Visa, lasts a year. And one of the cool things about it is that there is no monthly income requirement to obtain this visa, which means pretty much anyone who has a location-independent business or who works remotely for a company based outside of Bermuda can apply for this visa. There is a mandatory COVID-19 test and you have to show proof of travel insurance, but otherwise you pay the $263 visa fee, you fill out the paperwork online, and you're in. Now, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, what's the catch? Because that seems way too easy and not that expensive. And to you, I say the catch is that the cost of living in Bermuda is actually pretty high. So although there's no requirement for a monthly income, it does cost a little bit more to live there than it would to live here. Just to give you a little bit of context, anytime that I talk about the cost of living today, most of my stats are coming from Numbeo, which is something that I use even when I'm just planning my trips regularly. It it goes over the cost of what a hotel would cost or an apartment to rent or food, a regular meal, a beer, things like that. So if you're interested in checking out some cost of living stuff around the world, that is what I recommend using. So as I said, there is a little bit of a catch. It is a little bit more expensive. The consumer prices in Bermuda are 111% higher than they are in Canada. So for my friends in the United States, it's a little bit less. 
but still it's it's up there. What's even more absurd is the price of rent in Bermuda is almost 200 times the cost of rent in Canada. So no, you don't have to hit that monthly income goal, but you kind of do because you need to afford a apartment, which may run you poor by the end of it. So there are some pluses, some negatives. Another thing that is really important to take into consideration when you're considering moving somewhere, especially for something like a year-long visa, is the time zone and the temperature. So the time zone is Atlantic Standard Time, which is the same one that I'm in. So for any of my friends in Toronto, that is an hour ahead of what you're at right now. So if you are listening to this at 10 a.m., it is 11 a.m. Atlantic Standard Time. And the temperature sits at a nice range between 15 degrees and 30 degrees Celsius. So for my American friends, that's about 61 to 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Next on my list is Croatia, which has a digital nomad visa, which differs in length of time. So the maximum that you can get is a 12-month visa. The thing with this one is in order to apply for it, you need to physically be in Croatia. You can't apply for it overseas, or at least that's what my understanding of it is so far. Maybe they'll come out with more information in the future. To get this visa, what you need is to provide proof of self-employment or the ability to work abroad. That could mean a written statement, your employee agreement, some client contracts, or anything of the sort. There is a minimum monthly income that you do need to hit in order to apply for this visa, but it's relatively decent. It is 350 euros, which for my Canadian friends is about $538, and for my American friends is $424. So if you're making that per month and you have it in writing, in statements, with contracts and agreements and all that fun stuff, you can get in. Another important thing with this one is you have to pass a criminal background check from your home country. You need to have proof of accommodation rental, which means a lease agreement or an Airbnb agreement for the whole year. And you need to obtain travel or health insurance for the duration of your trip. To apply, you need an OIB identification number and you get one just by applying for the visa. It's kind of like a weird circle thing. So by applying, you get given a number, but in order to get the number, you have to be in Croatia, which is why I think that is part of the deal there. So you fill out an application form, you need two passport photos. So you also have to pay for the application fee, which is 590 kuna, which works out to be roughly $120 Canadian. So for my American friends, that's even cheaper, Uh, plus tax. So factor that in as well. So if you're thinking that Croatia sounds like a good fit for you and you have hit all of the minimum requirements for the visa, it's worth looking at the cost of living. So the cost of living is actually 17% lower than it is in Canada. And the cost of rent is almost 55% lower than it is in Canada, which is amazing if you ask me. They're in the Central European Standard Time Zone, which is five hours ahead of me. That's six hours for any of my friends in Toronto. And the temperatures range from about zero degrees Celsius, which is 32 Fahrenheit in the winter, up to the mid or high 30s or the high 80s, low 90s for my American friends. We're on to number three. Number three is Mauritius. Mauritius has a remote worker visa, which is a year long and it's completely free to apply for it. Not only is it completely free, it has some pretty decent guidelines when it comes to being able to apply. So you need to own your own location, independent business, 
or work remotely for a company that is located outside of Mauritius. You have to have proof of plans to stay there for the entire length of stay. And you may be asked about where you're staying or what your plans are while you're there. Another thing that you need, similarly to the last place, you need health insurance coverage for the duration of your stay. As I said before, it's completely free to apply. There is no minimum and all you have to do is fill out an application form. So that is one of the easier ones to apply for. Another great thing about Mauritius is that the cost of living is almost 30% lower than it is in Canada and rent is on average 62% lower than it is in Canada, which means even better than Croatia. They are in Mauritius standard time, which is eight hours ahead of me here. Uh, so that's a bit of a time shift. If you're working with clients and things like that, make sure that you're taking that into consideration if this makes your list. Uh, the temperatures are very similar to Bermuda, where it's pretty warm around the 15 degrees to 30 degrees. All right. So destination number four on my list today is Mexico. And you've probably heard me talk about Mexico a lot this year because I have a lot of digital nomad friends who are hanging out in Mexico. One of the reasons why Mexico is such a hotspot for digital nomads and remote workers is because they actually have a six-month tourist visa, which is a little harder to find on this part of the world. The visa that they've come out with for digital nomads, however, is a temporary resident visa, which allows you to spend a year in Mexico, and it can be renewed for up to three more years, which is really cool. One of the things you need to get this visa is to be an owner and operator of your own business or work for a company which is operated outside of Mexico. One of the things about this visa is that there is a monthly income requirement, which means you have to make at least $1,620 US in order to live there or have at least $27,000 saved up in your bank account. Again, this one is fairly easy to apply to. There's an online application form and you have to make an appointment at your nearest Mexican consulate. Another reason why Mexico is such a hotspot this year is because the cost of living is actually 50% lower than it is here in Canada with rent being up to 65% lower than it is here in Canada, which means for the same price that you're paying here for your apartment, you could get something even nicer or you could be saving money while going there. That's kind of a win-win in my mind. They are in the Central Standard Time, which means they are two hours behind me, one hour behind any of my friends in Toronto. The temperature ranges from around 20 to 24 degrees in the winter, which is a high of about 68 or 74 for my friends in the States. And in the summer, it can get up to 28 degrees Celsius, which is about 83 degrees Fahrenheit. Obviously, this is really dependent on what part of Mexico you're visiting. The farther south you go, the warmer it's going to be. Number five on my list today is Portugal. Portugal has been on my list of places to visit for a long time now, and I was really, really excited to find this visa on the list. Similarly to Mexico, Portugal has two different options. They have a temporary resident visa and they also have a residence permit for independent workers and entrepreneurs. That one there lasts one year with the ability to renew for up to five years. And after five years of living in Portugal on this visa, you can actually apply for your permanent residency, which is kind of cool. One of the things that you need for this visa is that you need proof of income from a property, proof of business ownership, or proof of financial means, which I'm assuming just means some bank statements or old paychecks and things like that. You do need to hit a monthly earning minimum, which is 600 euros or $930 for my Canadian friends. You have to have proof of travel and health insurance, and you need to submit a criminal background check. 
Similarly, again, to the process with the Mexican visa, you need to make an appointment at your nearest Portuguese consulate in order to get this visa. You also need to remember to pay for the visa fee, which is 83 euros, and the resident permit fee, which is 72 euros, which comes out to a grand total of about $240 Canadian for the whole process, which is not too bad. Cost of living in Portugal is also really reasonable. It's almost up to 25% lower than it is in Canada, with the rent being 30% lower than it is in Canada, which means you get a little bit more bang for your buck over there. As far as time zones go, Portugal is mostly in the Western European standard time. Some of them are an hour behind, uh, but for the most part, most of the country is in the West time zone. That's four hours ahead of me, which is my ideal working time. The temperature can go anywhere between 17 degrees Celsius in the winter to 26 degrees Celsius in the summer, which sounds really nice. Obviously, again, it's dependent on where you go. Portugal is a very long country, so the farther north you go, the colder it's going to be, the farther south it's going to be a little bit warmer. So number six on my list is Anguilla, which is a territory owned by the UK. They actually only had three confirmed cases of COVID this year, and no fatalities. So the WHO, the World Health Organization, actually declared them as COVID-19 free as of June 2020. That blows my mind considering the astounding amount of numbers that we have here in North America. Unlike some of the other visas, this one, when you pay the fee, actually covers two COVID-19 tests per person. It also covers the cost of all the additional public health services that are present in the country. It covers the application fee and the, the work permit itself. This visa is good for one year. So how do you apply? There's an online application form. Fill it out, pay your money, and hopefully you get accepted. This one is a little bit more expensive than some of the other ones at $2,000 US per person. Or if you're a family coming in, it's only $3,000 US for the entire family. So if you are someone who has a couple kids and you're thinking of working abroad anyways, taking your kids out of school for a year, this might be one of the better options uh, because you know that it is COVID-19 free. So your health regulations are going to be a little easier once you get there and you pass all your tests and things like that. But it costs a little bit more upfront. I tried really hard to get some data on the cost of living here, but it was extremely hard. The most information that I was able to find on the cost of living here is actually that it is very similar to the cost of living in New York City. So that's a little bit more expensive than Canada. I don't even want to try and guess a number. So it's a little bit more expensive than living here and it costs a little bit more, but you would know that you live in a place without COVID-19. So that's kind of cool in itself. They are in the Atlantic Standard Time, which is the same as me, which I love. And they have a temperature ranging from around 23 degrees to 31 degrees Celsius. So for my American friends, that's about 83 to 88, which sounds really delightful if you ask me. So number seven, and my last country for you is Georgia. Georgia has the Remotely from Georgia program, which is an initiative aimed at restarting their economy. Basically, all you need to do to apply is you need to own a location independent business or work remotely for a company outside of Georgia. You have to prove that you have the ability to pay your taxes while you're in Georgia, and you need to make at least $2,000 a month. So it's a little bit more expensive, but stay with me. You also have to do a mandatory 14-day quarantine upon arrival because of COVID-19 and the current situation there. And you have to obtain valid health insurance for at least six months. 
Now, in order to apply, it's a simple application form. This is where Georgia sells itself to me. The cost of living in Georgia is 62% lower than it is here in Canada, with the rent on average being 52% lower. You know, I look at the important things in life. The important things in life are how much does it cost me for a beer? And the average cost for a domestic beer in Georgia is $1.15. I pay more than that for like a chocolate bar here in Canada. So I think that's winning. They are in the Georgia Standard Time Zone, which is eight hours ahead of me. So it's a little bit different. Um, And their winters can get to just below the freezing mark. So about negative one or 30 degrees Fahrenheit for my American friends. In the summer, they can go up to 32 degrees Celsius or 90 degrees for my American friends. And that's it. Those are the seven remote work visas that I recommend right now based on the price and the requirements that you need to meet in order to apply for them. So who knows? Maybe next time you hear a podcast from me, it'll be recorded in Croatia or Georgia or Portugal. But until then, I will be here in New Brunswick, freezing my butt off, (laughs) not very happy. Um, Yeah, COVID vaccines can't come soon enough over here. (laughs) One thing I do want to mention again is that it's really important if you are considering taking your business abroad and working remotely from one of these beautiful countries that I've mentioned above, that time zones do play a big part, especially if you have client meetings or if you have meetings with other employers or members of your team here in North America or Europe or wherever you may live. What I recommend if this is something that you are actively considering is to take some time out of your life to actually record your most productive hours. Every time you sit at your computer to do some work, track what time it is, track what time you're going on your breaks, track what time you like to take your lunch and things like that. That's really going to help play a part when it comes to deciding where you want to go and seeing if that lifestyle is going to work for you. So if you are interested in being a digital nomad or remote worker, I do have a whole episode in season one dedicated to finding your perfect remote work location. So I'll list that in the show notes. You can go check that out if you're interested. So yeah, thank you so much for tuning in to my season two premiere. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to share this podcast with a friend or leave me a rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to come and say hello on Instagram at Kayla on the road. I would love to hear about your next dream destination or where you're traveling to next. And let me know if you're listening to the show. Show me where you're listening. Are you listening to it in your car? Are you listening to it on a walk? Are you listening to it on a beach in a sunny location? If you are, I'm very, very jealous. Uh, But yeah, I'd love to see what you're up to and what you're doing. And I just want to chat about adventures with you. I'll be back in two weeks time for a brand new episode. And that's it for today. Happy planning, everyone. And I cannot wait to see you on the road soon. Bye.